Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, just two verses, 13 and 14. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I need your help this morning, God, to anoint me to speak, Lord. If the Spirit is not among us and speaking, Lord, then it's just frail words from a frail human being, Lord. And I'm asking today, God, just for a few moments to let this word dwell in our heart as we speak your word without fear nor favor. Let it rest upon us, Lord, to give us meat for our journey through the week. And we ask this in Jesus' name and we say amen. Paul left final instructions at the church of Corinth to apply. It still applies today. He wrote Corinth three times. Now, I know there's only two, but they know there's three letters. One of them's lost. But this was the first letter he wrote to the church at Corinth. And at the end of it, he gives some final instructions. And these instructions still apply today. And matter of fact, I think even so more because we see what time it is. The instructions have always been there for the church, but you should see what's coming in this day and age that we live in. And it shouldn't surprise you for what's on the horizon. We live in a tumultuous times. We live in very evil times. And this should be the church's finest hour. If there's any time the church should rise up and do what it's supposed to do, it's now. Is that now we need the church more than ever. And I'm going to go over a few instructions he left. Not all of them, but there's just a few. Number one, he told them to watch. Watch is a very powerful word in Greek. And if you stay with me on some Bible studies, you know that I explain this quite frequently. The Greek language is very complex. And the English language doesn't really convey uh, what the Greek authors intended in the original manuscripts. But I've heard scholars... In fact, one that stood out to me was on the History Channel. I was watching a special about the Bible, and one of the Jewish antiquity scholars, he said this, and he wasn't a Christian, he just, he said this, he said, especially since they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, that what you hold in your hands, the King James Version of the Bible, is the closest translation you'll find in English. And so if you read the King James Version, you know you've read the Word of God. And but when I and I want to say that because the the word watch is very powerful and they did their best to try to translate it, but it needs to go a step further because it means to look forward because something is coming in a future event and it applies then and it still applies today. By by no means was Paul the first to use this in the Bible. Paul was giving command of the church to watch out, be on guard. There's wolves wanting to destroy what God has built, and shepherds need to watch out for those wolves. That's what a shepherd does. I know from having and owning sheep, and I own some goats, and I know what a shepherd does. You have to watch constantly. There's always something trying to come in, be it disease, or there's some type of animal or people that are trying to come in and get to the flock. You have to be on watch more than ever. You can't let your guard down. You have to be very careful about what comes into a church, especially as it regards doctrine. And that is one of my 
most important jobs probably as a pastor is to make sure the truth of Christ in him crucified comes out from this pulpit in the preaching and the teaching. And Paul was no stranger to this because at the very beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he laid it out quite well. He told them about the power of God that rests in the message of the cross. Jesus was also no stranger to this word. He used the word watch quite frequently. As a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 13, the, we like to study prophecy, and this was prophecy in Mark 13 when he began to lay out all the things that would happen right before his return. He said that, that we would see wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and brother against brother and persecution of Christians, the rise of Israel in 1948, the abomination of desolation. And then the last verse, he says this. Here's the instruction to you. Take heed, watch and pray. You don't know when the time is coming. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore. Keep your eye on what's going on. For even at midnight or the cock growing or in the morning, Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Watch, church. Watch what is going to happen in the next few days, the next few weeks, this coming year, if it goes that long. Pay attention to what's going on around you. We are in the last days, my friends. This thing is winding down. This Bible has been fulfilled before your eyes. I give the church the same charge today that Paul gave the church back then. Wake up. Wake up and watch. Come up out of that sleep you're in. For your redemption is closer than ever. Wake up, church, for the master stands at the portal waiting on the command from the father to go get your bride and bring them out. God has not appointed us to destruction. He's not appointed us to wrath. You can go through the tribulation period if you want to, but I don't have no plans for it because he said, I'm coming back. Boy, that's some old-timey preaching, Brother Wilson. You got that right. That's what the church needs to come back to and tell the church to get out of the world and get back in the church and start hearing what the Spirit has to say and not what man has to say. Final instruction number two, stand fast in your faith. Prepare yourself to be tested in your faith in these last days. I would never want to sit in a church that didn't test my faith. I would get up and go home. If that preacher didn't say something to get on my toes every once in a while, I read my mail, I'd get up and leave. When I first got in the church, it was a mystery to me how a Pentecostal preacher under the anointing of fire and power of God could just read my mail like he was standing in my living room. I remember the first time that I, uh, some things, I was struggling when I was a, a Christian, when I first come into the church, and boy, Brother Mike, he, I mean, he, just, he wouldn't hold nothing back. He'd preach you right down through the middle. I remember hitting my wife and back back there and said, is he coming by the house or something? I, thought, I mean, I thought he was seeing something I was doing because everything he said applied to me. Uh, we, when Betty Shaver come here, I was a preacher here. Woo, she read my mail. She gave the altar call. I'm the pastor. I was the first one to run to the altar. Amen. I want my faith to be 
tested, if you will. I want it to be tried by fire. And you should too. You have to stand firm in your faith. Paul gave that warning. He said, you better stand fast. You better stand fast. Again, Jesus in Matthew 24, the other prophetic verses that, uh, that are in cohesion with Mark chapter 13 For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they'll show great signs and wonders, and so much that they were possible. Listen, they shall deceive the very elect. They're going to fool the church. They're already doing it. We got churches that are now joining the LGBTQ movement. They will say things like, if we got to move beyond the cross, there is a church in Tennessee... If you want to see the article, be glad to show you. Brother Glenn seen it with me. A church in Tennessee said, we don't even need the Bible anymore. I mean, we're hearing things like that. People are, hey, they're running two services a day and packing the sanctuary out. And they're telling people, we don't need to worry about the Bible. Folks, you better stand fast in your faith. You better watch what's coming in your door. This is not the time to be letting false doctrine come into your life and come into your church and come into your home. And there's no doubt that people are looking for answers. I know you are. I am myself. We all are. There's so much going on in that world. There's so much happening on a daily basis. Goodness gracious, we've done been through so much in these last two years things that we never thought we'd go through, and it doesn't look like we're going to come out of them. It looks like it's only going to get worse. But God has never changed. Not one time. This world is changing every minute. This world is... (laughs) It's almost like you stand in the middle of the hurricane. You don't know what to expect next. There's always something drastic coming down the road. Things are changing. But there's one thing that is constant and never changed. In fact, it was built up on a rock named Jesus Christ. It's the church. The church should never change. And Paul said, stand fast in that faith. Don't let people sway you. Don't let people pull you out of the way. Don't let that job pull you away from God. Don't let that family member pull you. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm meddling. Don't let that family member pull you away from God. Don't let that husband or wife pull you away from the things of God. Don't let that worldly activity sway you. From your faith in what Christ has accomplished for you. Because I promise you, my friend, when your journey is up here on this earth, either by rapture or the grave, one day you will stand before God. And I want to hear those words, faithful servant, come on in. And it'll make this journey worth it all. Am I going to have all the things of these worlds? I don't think so. I'm not going to have all the riches of this world. I'm not going to have everything the world has to offer. But I've got something much better. Amen. I'll have a peace and a safety in my uh, soul, in my heart, and in my life. I may not have a whole lot of money. But I promise you, all those people that got money, their heart's going to be shaking in these last days. What's going to happen when they lose everything? What are they going to have to stand on then? Absolutely nothing. But you, my friend, is a child of God. you got something to stand on if you serve Jesus Christ. The winds may blow. The waves may come crashing down around us. But i got something I can stand on this morning. And His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Paul brought the message of the cross to the church, and that message has never changed, nor will it ever change. I, I, I stand back in utter shock and amazement at how the church is changing nowadays. Even the things like music, and you don't understand, most of you don't understand where I come from. Look, I was slinging that guitar to the ground with heavy metal with groups like Slayer, Ozzy. I remember there was one time I remember I, I so wound up on dope and I sat there and I played every ACDC album from beginning to end in front of a group of people one night. And you know what God did when I got saved? He said, that's not for you. We got people now that are bringing this garbage up in the church. They're one of the biggest Pentecostal churches out of Missouri, Assemblies of God. Remember when I said this, people called me a liar, so the next Sunday night I brought it in and put it on the screen. They were playing Running with the Devil and Highway to Hell up in their church. Look, my friends, there's something about them hymns. There's just something about them when you sing them. No, it's not supposed to sound like the world. No, it doesn't have the same words as the world. You know why? Because we're in the church. We're not in the world. I'm not down at Billy Bob's in a bar and grill down there. I'm not down at the hideaway, what Glenn called it, the Peekaboo Lounge. I'm not down there drinking beer. I'm not listening to Steve Miller Band. I'm not listening to ACDC. I'm listening. We have to stand in our faith in the things of God. Because if you ain't careful, you'll get shaken with the world and you won't have anything to stand on. And But more importantly, I could go on about music, I could go on about different things in the church, but there's one thing that has to be right. It has to be, without exception, is the message. It has to be Christ and Him crucified or you don't have a church. You have a social club that's claiming to be a church and you will not have enough power or anointing to swallow fly. When it comes, go ahead, give him a hand clap of praise. Oh, is that important? I tell you, it's important when you walk up into that ICU and that family member standing there and the doctors have said there's no answer and you can lay hands on them in the name of Christ and watch them rise up. It's important when you've got that lost family member that don't know what to do and they're on the way to hell and that preacher's proclaiming the word and they come up under conviction and accept Christ as their Savior. That's important. It's important when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we have God's Spirit in us to discern what's happening in these last days. Yeah, it's important. Don't let any man fool you in these last days. And I'm not talking about perfection because we all got a little bit of stupidity in our life. We've all bit off a piece of stupid from time to time. Every single one of you. Don't get holy and righteous, got that crown, and oh boy. I'm preaching the message of the cross and I can't be touched. Be careful. Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. If you are enjoying the sermon you are hearing, we need your help. We do not sell any advertising on this station. You will not hear any third-party ads. This radio ministry operates by donations only. So, we need your prayers and financial gifts to keep bringing Christ and Him crucified to the world. Let God use you to keep Power of the Cross Radio going around the globe. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.
Now, back to the message. This message of the cross is glorious, and it applies to the person who accepts Christ today or the one that's been on the pews for 50 years. Don't let any man fool you in these last days. Leave your faith in the finished work at Calvary, and everything else in your walk with God will work out if you won't quit. That's the only thing to knock you out of this race if you won't quit. You go out today and you commit a sin, that doesn't knock you out of this race. I'm not telling you, oh, Brother Will said we go sin, let's go. I didn't say that, but I said it's going to happen. You're human. I'm not, the, the best of the Christians at some point do something wrong. They don't mean to, but they do something wrong. The world has told them that eliminates them with God, and that's just not the truth. The truth is you have a Father that's merciful. You have a Father that's full of grace. You can't, you can't do anything to make Him hate you. He said, come unto, unto me, all you that are heavy with religion and, and don't feel like you can follow after me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. That's what He wants to do. And don't let nobody deceive you in that. And the other side of this, though, He does expect us to grow. And He left you the power to do it. Final instruction to act like men. Now, those words I read in that verse, they're kind of odd. Read it again. It says, quit like men. That's what it says. I know these ladies look at me and say, well, I'm not a man. I understand that. Read it again. It says, quit like men. What that means is, it's very odd words for our times. Think of it like this. Finish like a man. Finish this race like a man. Don't lay down your beliefs in the face of evil. Brother Randy was talking about in Australia. And they're doing this in Canada. They're coming into churches. And they're wanting to see if you want, they're wearing masks. If you want to wear a mask up in here this morning, put it on. I'll never say a word to you. If anybody does in this church, I'll call them down in two seconds. If you want to go get the vaccine, you go get it. If you feel safe, that's fine with me. I don't, that's your choice. And I won't say a word to you, nor anybody in this church. You've made that choice. My friends, I'm not about to allow the government to come in here and tell me what I can and can't do. I'm not going to allow people to override the Word of God and come here and say we can or can't do this. Oh, you're being hateful, Brother Wilson. Well, if it lines up with the Word of God, it just is what it is, and I can't help that. It's going to challenge you, and it's going to challenge me. Be a man. No one is going to stop me from serving Jesus in these last days. I don't care what it costs me. If someone doesn't like what the Bible says, I will not make an apology for it. If the Bible says it. If God said it, that's good enough for me. Even if it ruffles my own feathers. Even if it gets into place, I don't want it to be in it. If, if this is what the Word of God says and God says it's wrong or if God says it's right, that's what I'm going by and nothing else. I'm going to act like a grown man. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to stick with them through thick and thin. You know, the Bible says if a man don't take care of his family, he's worse than the infidel. Ooh, I'm preaching now. If a man does not take care of his family, because that's what God ordained over the household, you know what infidel is? They are unsaved and going to hell, basically a demon. That's what the Bible says. See, I ain't going to make no apologies for it. And what, well, what about the ladies? You know, let me say this first. The Bible is not a compromise. This, this doesn't say 
you do what you want to do and I'll work it out with you. It's not what it says. The Bible's the ultimatum. Either you do it my way or go do what you want to do. You make your choices here on earth. God gave you free will. You'll answer for them in eternity. That's what the Bible says. It's not a compromise. It's an ultimatum. And to be a man, I need to be a man. You ladies, be a lady. Be what God designed you to be. You have so much authority. See, a lot of people get this wrong. I'm going to preach a little bit here. <laughs> they think there's some out there in the Pentecostal ranks that think a woman ought to be submissive and down under the heel of a man. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to be a man, first of all, over your household. And then what you do, and Paul laid this out quite well, you put your arm with your wife's arm and you walk together. And you run your household. And a God-fearing people. And yes, the Bible says the man to take care of the house, but that doesn't alleviate the lady from her duties either. She is to help raise her children. She's helped to make a strong uh, household. And above all, she is to help the husband together, jointly together, to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. You have a responsibility to anybody in your life to raise them in the ways of the Lord. Be content with how God created you. You know, I, I battled myself so many times over the years when I first got into the church. And I, I ain't saying I maybe still fight it at times being a pastor and feeling like I failed so many times. It's just human nature. But you have to come to grip with reality of all your mistakes. And you know what? God said he forgave me of those. They're behind me and I'm content with the way he created me. I don't need plastic surgery. Where am I going with this? Oh, yeah, I'm fixing to go somewhere with it. You can't change your past, so you, but you can't start a new life today. Live for God. Be a man and be a woman. Be a family. Go back to the old past. I'm sick and tired of people trying to change this Christian nation. If you don't like it, get up and get out. Get up out of this nation if you don't like what it is. Don't try to change it. Since your place is so wonderful, and I'm saying this because we're on the radio right now, since it's so wonderful at your place, get up and go there and don't try to change this nation. This nation has always been a God-fearing nation, but there are some of these mindless communists that forgot our nation is still the greatest nation there ever will be. On the face of this earth because we have brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Our nations rest on this principle. One more time. I'll address it one more time. We have a sickness sweeping our nation. And the reason Paul said this to act like men. He told them something's coming. And here we are. We got people out there that are. You go fill out forms now. There are 27 different genders listed. And, you, and people don't think that's a problem. What's going to happen is your nation that you enjoy all these freedoms in is going to crumble before your eyes and you're going to have nothing and you're going to be on your knees before God. Oh God, please fix this. When he's saying right now, hey, act like men. Act like ladies. Run your household how it's supposed to be. Take care of your business. And I promise you, I'll bless you. God will take care of the rest. Number, well, I don't know what number I'm on. <sighs> Next instruction for the church, to be strong. And that Greek word, here's another word. I could just say I'm strong, and that could mean a lot of things. But in the Greek, it means to increase in strength, to have vigor, 
to be able to charge forward in battle and to be able to conquer, this is not the time to go home and go play with the world. Don't tell me people are concerned about the coronavirus and coming, not coming to church when I see them in Walmart. You up in Walmart, that buggy and pushing along, and your kids got, y'all got buggies filled this high. You done been in there two hours around people hacking and coughing. Let me help you out here. If you've been in Walmart, you've been exposed to the coronavirus, okay? Moving on. And then, oh, Brother Wilson, I can't come. I got the coronas or something, or I don't want to get it. And there you are at Walmart. Quit making excuses. I'm being a little silly there. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And if I offended you, I apologize. But folks, this is the time to be strong. This is the time to open up the doors of the church and say, come on in. It's time for you to fill up the pews. It's time for people to start coming back to church and be the church. I'm tired of hearing this. Well, I don't have to come to the house of God to, to worship the Lord. Well, somebody should have told Paul. (laughs) Paul said in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Oh, watch this. Especially as you see that day coming. That means you should be gathering up anymore. I might feel a little convicted if I keep on thinking and praying about it. We ought to start having church services maybe four or five times a week the way I read that verse. That's what it means. Even so, more as you see that day approaching. <sighs> it's not the time to find excuses not to serve God. This is not the time. You can make any excuse you want to in the world. You can say, well, I've got this and i got that and i got this. But the truth of the matter is this. If you have something in your life you really, 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 really want to do, You'll make time. If there's that favorite football game out there, you'll go see it. You will break your neck, spend any kind of money you've got to, you will go see it. I'm not preaching his football game. If you enjoy them, go see them on a Saturday. <laughs> hunting. You like hunting? Go hunting on a Saturday. Monday, you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'd like you to be here Wednesday and Sunday nights, but at least make Sunday morning. At least don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together that one day. People have enough resources and abilities to make this church stronger than it ever been. And it is a sad indictment upon the church that the wallet of the Christian is the last thing to get sanctified. Let me say that again. I'll preach over here a minute. It is a sad day when the wallet is the last thing to get sanctified with the Christian. I ain't got no money, Brother Wilson. You're really not going to have no money. You keep giving away to the world and keep giving to drugs and alcohol and things you don't need to be involved in. And you keep giving all away to the world, you'll never have nothing. I know. I did it. I did it for many years and never had anything. But when I turned my life over to the Lord, not only did He increase my finances, but He increased my spiritual well-being and my walk with Him. And I started to understand so much more. I will be trusting more and more in the days ahead, God, with my finances. I'm going to make more time for Him. 
We need to make sure the world has low priority in our life. And we need to make sure God has top priority in our life. And when God's top priority in your life, all those other things start falling in place. I have nothing against a football game, hunting, or doing those activities. Go do them. It's not my cup of tea, but it, if you enjoy them, there ain't a thing in this world that says you can't go enjoy the things God has given you in this life. Nothing at all. Go enjoy them and be blessed. But do not let any of those things God has gave you override your responsibilities to Him. And that's in all things. I hope I said yeah, that's very nice. And I, I said that with just as nice as I could. Go enjoy the things that God has gave you to go enjoy. Not the evil things, the good things. Go to the football game you want to go on Saturday. Go hunting if you want to go on Saturday. You want to, if it's, if it's okay, or bowling or whatever you do. Go do it and enjoy it, but do not let that take top priority in your life. Moving on. Be strong. Put God first and let things of the world be last. Now, my last point today, do all things in love. I saved this last for a reason, and Paul saved it last for, well, there was one more point after this, but it's a little further down. Paul said this, do everything you do in charity. It's a word for us. Charity and in our day and age, well, you're going to go get some soup cans together and carry them down here at the soup kitchen. That's what we think, but it's not what it means. It means love. Charity means love, like you would love your neighbor and your family, God, that type of love. What a mean and evil world we live in right now. 2022, I have never seen people evil like they are. Never. I'm not no spring chicken anymore. I can speak with a little wisdom here. That I'm 54 years old this year, and I, in my, in my life, I've never seen people this wicked. I've never seen them so hateful. They're, you actually have people. I ain't got my phone. They're taking these phones, and they're filming people being raped. They're filming people being beaten. They're filming people dying in accidents. I, I, there was one that blew my mind. That, uh, there was some rapper out there or whatever, a uh, football player. He, at a high speed, had hit another car, a lady and a dog in a car, and the car was on fire. And everybody in there, they're sitting there filming this lady burning up in a car. And they're sitting over here worried about this guy that's drunk that just killed this lady and her dog in his car. And that I could probably give you 50,000 examples of what's happened in the last year of things like it. Sadly, probably more. People are creating filthy content and hateful actions like never before. You parents better watch what's on TikTok. I'll say it. I looked at it and I was like, ooh, boy. I know a bunch of little kids got this garbage on their phone. And this stuff is X-rated. This stuff at the very minimums are rated. Don't tell me it's okay and your child needs to be on TikTok because we'll get on there together and start scrolling and I'll show you what it is. It won't take but just about two or three videos. It ain't nothing but filthy, degrading content and it speaks of the human race of where we're at now. If you think that's okay and that should be happening in this world, you need to get in the altar and get saved. You need to get in the altar and get saved if you think that's okay. Because everything I've seen on there, and I deleted that, was absolute garbage. Absolute. Filthy. And hateful. Making fun of people. 
I saw an advertisement on TV that belittled white Christians to the point that it sounded like Radolf Hitler. I'm watching this. I had to calm down. I'm like, I can't believe this, what I'm watching. The very thing some of these people don't want to happen to them, they're throwing back on the white race. Don't kid yourself. The instigators at the top of the food chain, people like Black Lives Matter, you want to know the truth of the matter? They're white lesbians. That's who started it. That's who started this movement to hate white people and to divide the races even further. Matter of fact, some of it's starting to come unwound. This week they found out that they had purchased multi-million dollar homes over in England. And where did they put them? They put them in predominantly white neighborhoods. Imagine that. It's ain't nothing but satanic efforts at the top. And it's not excluded in the white race either. Me and my wife here at the church, when Lauren Larson came, we got a newsletter from the KKK. I didn't even know they still existed. And they was preaching words of hate. The Clintons, Soros, Gates, the Obamas, they're the very ones crying liberty, but they're dividing everybody even further. Look, Christian, I don't care if you're black, White, red, yellow, brown, whatever color you are. We have to come together. And we have to be wise like a serpent and harmless like a dove. And Paul said, do everything in charity and love. I know that every one of us probably today are going to go out of this door here in just a few minutes. And we're going to face somebody we'd like to choke to death. We would love to put our arms around their neck and just squeeze until there was no more life in them. I understand that. But this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit says, no, you don't do that no more, Brother Wilson. That's not who you are. Pretty easy to control the hands and the feet, but there's something that is almost untamable. That's that tongue. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes. He said, do everything in love. And I sit up here today and tell you, God loves you. He loves me, He loves you, He loves everybody. And all these problems we're facing, all these hateful things, all these, this evil coming at us, we can't fight it with evil. You don't fight evil with evil. You fight evil with love. And I believe it is the hardest Christian discipline there is in this generation. You may disagree with me, but I know in my house, in my territory, that is the one I have to lay before the Lord every day and say, God, help me, because I don't know how to do this. Me, I would like to react. I would like to say some things, but I can't do that. Our weapons are not carnal. My weapon is not pulling out a three fifty-seven Magnum and fight people. I, my weapon is not pulling out an AR-15 and shooting somebody. That's not my weapons. My weapons are prayer and supplication, tearing down strongholds that these evil demons are hiding behind. That's how we're going to beat them. You want to beat the Clintons? You want to beat the Soros? You want to beat the Gates? You want to beat the Obamas, these people with all this money that you won't ever be able to shake a stick towards? You know how you beat them? You tear it down with prayer. You tear it down with supplication. Don't tell me it can't be beaten because I've watched it get beaten. On a big level, it can happen again. We can start tearing down strongholds. Can people come in the church and fill it up again? Sure. And it's going to take prayer and it's going to take fasting. It's going to take the conviction of the Holy Ghost upon people's heart. 
I, I would dare say most of the older people in here, and I, I'm looking, uh, Sister Mabry's over here. I'm looking at both the Sister Mabry's over here. When you got saved, it wasn't a preacher up there patting your hand telling you you were a super great person. You fell up under conviction of the Holy Spirit. Wasn't them churches packed out back then? And the preacher didn't hold anything back. The people didn't hold anything back, but they did have love. To tell, enough love to tell you the truth. Can God do this? God can shake the foundations. God can move mountains. Oh, goodness. My God can shake the ground. My God can bring the mighty to their knees. My God can exalt the humble. God has built this church on Jesus Christ and it will not fail. It will not fail. Pharaoh Wilson may fail. I may die today. I don't know, but I do know this. The church of the living God will not fail. How do you know that? Because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It may be another preacher behind me. I don't know. There may be more people coming to take your place on the pews after you leave here. I have no idea. You don't either. All we can do is fall up under the grace and mercy in God and pray and, and believe Him for fantastic things. We have to realize that God is going to prevail over all this and He doesn't need us acting like a bunch of village idiots with hate. He needs us acting in love and telling people the truth. Don't hold back telling the truth. But you tell them in love and say, Hey, you know what? There's a God that loves you, and there's a God that can change you, and there's a God that can give you a completely brand new life that is filled with hope. This world has been lying to you. Our God has something much better for you. Hallelujah. And my charge from the Lord is to do all things in love. Don't act like the world. Be the church. Would you stand with me? This brings us to the end of this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Be sure to come back often for more great sermons and commercial free Christian music streamed 24 hours a day. If you need someone to pray with you, we have a prayer wall at Power of the Cross Radio website. You can leave your request there and also help others pray for their needs. We also offer live prayer periodically throughout the day as intercessors are available. Just click on the talk icon at the bottom right of any page. If someone is available, you can chat live or leave your message if no one is available. Thank you for joining us today, and may God bless you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries.